0: Welcome everyone to another episode of the Fierce Telecom Podcast. My name is Alejandro Pinedo, your host, and it's my pleasure to join you once again for an exclusive interview with one of the leading voices not only in telco and cable but in technology. So, she recently got the award of the fiercest woman in telecoms. She is Sujata Gosalia, Chief Strategy Officer at Cox Communications. Sujata. Welcome to the podcast. How are you?
1: Hey, thank you, Alejandra. Thank you for having me.
0: So, Sujata, we'll we'll start where we start with everyone here in the podcast, and I'm sure many of our listeners are familiar with you, but for those uh, of them that aren't, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what your role is at Cox?
1: Absolutely. So, my name is Sujata Gasalya, and I am... uh, the chief strategy officer at Cox. So I have responsibility for helping to set the strategic vision and growth agenda for Cox Communications, which is, as you know, the largest private telecom uh, provider in the United States. So that means I, I get a, I think I have the, the best job in the company. Uh, I get to think about our strategy um, and also new businesses uh, that we seek to develop and incubate. Um, I also lead our businesses in the areas of IoT, edge computing, and connected health. Uh, And I also get to oversee our uh, Cox Media business, which is our marketing and advertising sales arm.
0: And, you know, I know you mentioned it's the best job in the company. Obviously, I can't judge that. But I will say is that you certainly have a, a unique role within Cox in terms of what you oversee in, in the different areas. Obviously, you've already mentioned edge computing, connected health, which we can get into um, and, and IoT as well. I guess the first question that pops to mind, even just reading about your role how does a cable company get involved in i o t edge compute uh well connected health even i guess what what's the link there um and how did it get started and what's the what path have you guys followed
1: yeah uh, well first of all i think that uh Sometimes I think cable gets a bad rap uh, as being uh, slow uh, and, and not innovative. I actually think cable operators are super entrepreneurial. Uh, when you think about our history, we have time and again moved into new technologies and new uses for our technologies that bring new capabilities to our customers and the various environments we serve. So if you think about video uh, to broadband and beyond, I kind of put these moves uh, very much in that lineage, uh, and I think they're no different from those. So if you think about who we are today, uh, our broadband infrastructure, which is um, you know really pervasive when you think about the presence we have in providing connectivity to so many different environments, whether that is Uh, in the home, uh, businesses, schools, hospitals, stadiums, you name it, you know, we play a really important role connecting the communities we serve. Uh, And probably there has been no other time where we've felt that criticality more uh, than in the last two years, you know, as we've had to work and learn and live in different ways. And so we're really... Uh, proud of that uh, responsibility we have at Cox, and we've invested significantly in ensuring that infrastructure delivers, you know, the best possible experience we can to our customers. Uh, but beyond just uh, providing awesome connectivity, we want to make sure that we're helping our customers solve more of their problems um, by taking advantage of what we think connectivity can enable. Uh, and that's really how uh, our ventures in IoT, uh, like Cox2M, which is our, uh, our venture that uh, focuses on massive IoT solutions, uh, or Cox CoxEdge, uh, which is our own uh, edge compute infrastructure. You know, that's how we got those started. Uh, and we'll continue to look for new ways that we can add value to customers we serve through uh, additional services and business lines.
0: So when you've been looking at these new services and, and business lines, what have you perhaps found to be the biggest challenges? Um, you know, and, and it could be whether it's internal as someone operating new businesses and, and trying to disrupt and innovate internally, but perhaps even externally. You know, you talk about that stereotype that's there about cable companies. Perhaps that's come into play when you talk to potential clients or partners. Uh, what, what are some of those key challenges when you think back?
1: Yeah, I think, well, I mean, I think you all know this for sure at Fierce, but innovation is hard. Uh, you know, there is uh, there are always challenges in building new things and in new spaces. Uh, what is, I think, um, what has been good and gives me confidence about building these business lines at Cox is, number one, I think we have unique assets that make us Uh, particularly well positioned in the spaces that we have selected. When you think about the access network and what we deliver um, and how close to the users uh, that we serve, we are absolutely the logical place where physical infrastructure and internet infrastructure can meet in the form of edge computing. And so... It is a uh, an example of how we can leverage differentiated assets that we have uh, to create new value. So I think that's number one. I think number two for us um, has really been uh, that I think that these areas align very strongly with our vision and ambition. So you know we are constantly thinking because of our pervasiveness in the communities that we serve how we take that internet into the next generation of capability. Uh, and we think that the areas that we're playing in, whether that's, uh, you know, IoT, whether that's edge compute, uh, health is but one example of use cases in that space, energy management, uh you know, automotive. There's there's a number of places that we are uh, we are also moving, uh, which we think are capabilities that our consume our consumers and our clients are going to want in this next generation of the internet, where the internet surrounds you and it delivers different kinds of of uh, of opportunity and benefit. So so I think very because they're key broadband adjacencies like that, it it fits very neatly with who we are. Um, I think the the next thing I'd call out is at, at Cox, um, we have a really long term focus. I think that's one of the benefits of being a private company. Uh, too often, you know, one of the challenges of of innovation is changing priorities and and other things that don't give enough time for innovation to take hold. Uh, and and I think that what's been great about uh, being able to build. Some of these things at Cox is that at Cox, we talk a lot about generational assets, you know, how we can uh, work to improve the lives of people and communities long into the future. And what has been wonderful sitting in the seat I sit in is that I think that that perspective gives real oxygen to taking the long view uh, on some of these areas. And so um, I think working on problems that are in emerging spaces, like the ones I've described, you know, we can take the time to learn and build and fail and pivot along the way until we get to, you know, what, what works. Uh, and so that's been, I think a really great thing as well. And then maybe the last thing I'd add is just our people. You know, I, um, got to brag on my team a bit i am so privileged to lead what i think is just an extraordinary group of people at cox um you know who pioneer innovation in these areas. Um, so it's just a a group that I think is particularly courageous in the way that they have looked at you know who we are as a company and helped us think differently uh, about the the spaces we could be in. And they help us every day to de-risk our businesses. And and what I think has been really helpful for us is. We have a just a maniacal focus on the customer problem we are trying to solve, deeply, deeply rooted in that. Uh, and and I think this team, uh, my new growth and development team, and the, the team that are leading these new ventures, just have that perspective and um, are really helping us to learn by staying staying close to that customer. Uh, so I I really feed off of their commitment and conviction in these spaces and really the company does, you know, as we, as we look to grow.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, you mentioned um, some crucial points there, right? Giving ideas time and investment and the opportunity to fail. That's something that, you know, as we, we've spoken to more and more people in this podcast, we've realized that it's, uh, it has to be a core part of innovation and it has to um, you know giving people opportunity to to do that is 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 key and especially because we we think that everything needs to move so quickly and sometimes you know giving that time to develop and get things wrong and correct uh, is what really will make an impact and Absolutely. the other thing I wanted to, to highlight that I thought was great is um, you know your commitment to helping communities and society and people uh, which I'm starting to realize is is uh becoming a, a big part of the conversation across telecommunications, which is hugely encouraging. And I think obviously your your role uh, reflects that in, in a lot of ways.
1: I totally agree with what you're saying. You know, when you think about growth, you know, with growth has to come risk and with risk will inevitably come failure. Right. I mean, just, you don't, you don't get there. And so just having a, a an environment in companies where where the folks who we were putting in charge of, of taking those risks feel the, the safety to do that uh, and to really test the boundaries of what's possible, I think is, is you know, I think most of the game really. Um, and I think that the, the point you make about communities, you know, I think that um, just the, the need uh, to put kind of humanity in what we are doing uh, as an industry and how we actually help people live better. Um, you know, just, I think each of us, and this is, I think where, you know, we, we are, we are competitive with one another, but in, in, in this space, I think we all are on the same side. I think we've all recognized, you know, just how important it is for people to have access, you know, this notion of, of what, we do and how important it is to the future success of you know people of kids of families uh, we don't take that lightly and so just thinking about new and different ways that we can do that i think we've all kind of reached another level of um focus and priority on on how we deliver that connection in a way that that really does help the people that we serve
0: yeah if nothing else that it- it gives purpose, right? And and everyone can, can and must have purpose in, in what they're doing. So it's right. it's great to hear, you know, people in your position talk about that and, and make it a core part of how they lead. Um, well, let me then specifically ask you about one element in your portfolio because it really you know goes well with this discussion around community and helping mm-hmm. i don't know if we can say that we are getting out of the pandemic it's confusing I now we where we are
1: that, Alejandro. we can say
0: we are all right yeah we're coming out of it um, or at least we're living with it in a way that's safe and and uh, you know with with the right tools in place to to get back to to the normality we we all miss so much smart health, right? I mean, this is a a topic that's become front and center uh, for for everyone, right? Getting access to the right people. Also, uh, you know, making sure that folks don't have to be unnecessarily put in risk um, and just the right sort of tools to to make sure that communities and also the healthcare professionals are able to deliver care as best um, they can. So, you know, as I read through your work, and I read a bit of what, what you've been up to, it, it, to me, what really shot out was was that smart uh, smart healthcare um, element. And the fact that you call it out tells me that it's something really important that you guys are working on. So I wondered, you know, if, if you could tell us a little bit more about what that means for you, perhaps some of the, the successes and, and where you see that heading um, for, for, you know, the health industry and, and partnerships with companies like Cox.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I, everything you said, I think, is is so important. I think we've learned a lot about uh, connectivity and how it supports healthcare in these last two years too. So, just I think two macro trends I would call out that that drive our focus areas in healthcare. Uh, the first big one is just healthcare moving. Uh, to the home. So, uh, you know, if we think about what we've seen over the last two years, we've seen our traditional clinical environments that were just overrun really uh, with uh, needing to care for those who are suffering from this this horrible illness. Um, and at the same time, if we start back in, you know, April 2020 and with lockdowns and, and as we've continued with social distancing over the last couple of years, we've uh, we've all found a need to find alternative locations uh, for other care needs. So whether that's a, a regular, you know, well visit uh, for your, uh, you know, for your children, uh, oversight of chronic conditions, um, you know, what expectant mothers need to do uh, in monitoring their health, um, just all of those things we've had to find. Uh, other ways and perhaps other sites of care for them. And so, you know, one of the sites that we uh, have absolutely seen is the home uh, as a place where uh, the the home needing to support you in managing your health, whether that's telehealth or remote patient monitoring, we've seen significant growth in these areas. So um, one of the things I'd say there is that we have had conversations with uh, you know, traditional health health providers like hospitals, long before the pandemic, just around how they were looking to think about uh, providing care, uh, not you know at the center of their network, which they would consider hospitals and things like that, but closer to the edge of their network, closer to the patient. They were already seeing telecommunications companies as their logical partners for providing those services in the home, whether. Um, That's about ensuring reliable connectivity uh, for that telehealth or monitoring or helping them manage the devices and care solutions in the home. So, you know, we at Cox were kind of anticipating this trend over the last several years anyway. And I would say that the pandemic has really only served to accelerate that, which I think structurally was happening anyway anyway. Uh, And so, you know, what we have done is really think about how do we create that platform in the home uh, that is really easy for uh, health systems, for insurers, for senior care, etc., to build uh, engagement tools, to build monitoring tools. Um, and, and we we, ha- we acquired a company called Trapalo that was in the remote monitoring space. We've added a lot of functionality to our home automation platform just to support these kinds of care protocols um, as, we, as we think about uh, new care pathways that we can support. Uh, and we, are really excited about this opportunity. Uh, we think it's only going to grow as more seniors want to age at home uh, in the dignity of their own home, as well as just consumers and providers alike are looking for just really more convenient, less expensive locations for care. You know, we all have had the situation where we need to take a half day off from work to uh, you know drive to the doctor's office wait in the doctor's office for an hour for literally a 10 minute consult where we get asked questions and then oh by the way have to head back you know home again that that experience can be provided more efficiently for a patient but also in a way that allows uh, doctors to see more patients, to spend more time with their patients, we think it will create better outcomes as well as better experience. So we're really excited about supporting this because we've all personally <laughs> seen the inefficiencies, and we just uh, we'd like to see see that improved. And the uh, the second macro trend that I would highlight is really around uh, modernizing hospital operations. You know the same. Uh, things that we've seen over the last uh, last two years is just the amazing work that our healthcare heroes on the front line have to do. Right? I mean, it's and it's it's extraordinary. Uh, all the things that they do for patients, and it's a, a calling. They do it for again to you know your point purpose. I think there's no no uh, no profession that that can can say that more sincerely. Uh, and, and you know, we at Cox are super excited about our opportunity to to help digitally transform some of these key operating activities in a hospital, uh, where we can take some of the manual tasks and admin burden that uh, that these nurses and staff have off of them. So, just you know, an example might be the amount of time a nurse spends searching all over the floor for an IV pump for a patient, or Um, having to go and, and manually monitor temperatures of key pharmaceuticals, you know, vaccines is a, is a great example. Uh, and this stuff sounds mundane, but actually it's incredible how much time it takes, uh, and how much time we can save, uh, by transforming some of these, these activities so that nurses and staff can spend the time doing what they actually want to be doing, uh, which is taking care of, uh, patients really. And, um, We think we can do those things, but we can also improve the effectiveness of operations in hospitals, Uh, tracking expensive equipment and devices to to minimize theft and loss, streamline ordering, improving patient flows uh, through the hospital. I mean, the list goes on of the ways that digital transformation can and create efficiencies for the hospitals, which we know are, are operating on razor thin margins anyway, uh, but also improve the effectiveness and the experience of all involved. And so we've built a solution set, which we call Cox ProSight, uh, which includes these, but also a lot of other use cases as well. And, and, and over time, we think that there are also additional areas of value uh, of IoT that can can also uh, kind of get right at the heart of care delivery as well uh, so so I think that the the you know the imagination is the limitation on the ways that we could be providing value uh, in these spaces and and what's also cool is that as we think about our our natural role role in the home already uh, but also now providing some of these solutions, in the home, as well as in traditional care environments like the hospital, we also think over time we're going to be able to uh, support the patient as well as the provider through all those environments to create a much seem- more seamless care uh, experience. So that I think is the 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 real um, uh, transformational change that we hope we'll be able to support and. I think it's just another great example of how, you know, thinking about environments being connected and all the things that you can do to help uh, in those uh, environments to help businesses operate better, to help people live better. I think health is probably one of my favorite examples of how we've been able to do that.
0: Yeah, you know, um, this, this hits home because uh, Beyond, obviously, as everyone has Lived through the pandemic, but my wife, being a doctor here in the UK, literally every issue you've described is something that she has told me about. And um, you know, she claims she listens to the podcast, so I, I assume she'll she'll be listening and and asking people like you to hurry up and implement these solutions because it's true. People, doctors want to take care of people. They don't want to be doing admin. They don't want to be taking time and getting people into consultation that's unnecessary. And and again, going back into that purpose. Uh, discussion beyond it being a business opportunity or or, or whatnot it, it's also going to make a huge impact on getting those better outcomes and, and getting doctors and nurses and healthcare professionals uh, doing what well, they need to do and what they like to do
1: on the way you know it's my favorite thing that we get um, we get letters from nurses you know around the solution and like hey can you can you bring more because this is the other problem that <laughs> Have. Can you help us solve that? I mean, that's basically no greater testament of just, you know, us as connectivity providers. They they see us and they, they're looking for these solutions and they're looking for our help to solve them. So you know, please, please tell them. We're going to come in and try to help her soon.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Great, yeah. If Cox could uh, could then establish uh, some sort of relationships here in the UK as well, that would be wonderful. (laughs) But in the meantime, I'll uh, we'll have to to live uh, with the realities of of the NHS and its wonderful, (laughs) wonderful work. Um, Well, Sujata, maybe a, a change of pace here. I wanted to to really bring to light some of your, you know, your. Accolades, I guess that the, all the recognition you've you've gotten over the last uh, couple of years and, and further on, and and I do it because I I love the list of awards that you you put on there, or I don't know awards is the word for it, but at least you know the recognitions. Obviously, I've already mentioned the fiercest, fiercest woman award last year, which i found to be fascinating and for those listeners that don't know much about it essentially it was like a march madness bracket where we put uh, you know executives up against each other and it was great because each face uh in face-to-face match quote-unquote was a great chance to highlight what wonderful work uh each of these uh, women executives were, were doing and, and the impact. And it was so fun to go round by round. And it's crowdsourced. So you really, uh, you know, it was up to, to uh, the fierce readers and, and listeners and, and so forth to, to uh, select you, Sujat in the end as, as the winner. But it was amazing, the pool of of great accomplishment that was there. But also, you know, just in your bio, you mentioned um, the, the cable fax, um recognition as uh, one of the most influential multi-ethnic executives as well as most powerful women in the industry, um, or um, the National Diversity Council's top 100 women in tech for 2021. And the reason why I think these are so worth mentioning here is that diversity piece and, and really highlighting the significance and importance of diversity and different voices in our industry. And unfortunately, um, although I think we've done great strides and, and I'd love to hear more from your perspective, it is still a work in progress, especially when we talk about that technology aspect. But, you know, even uh, the other day speaking to um, Angie Klein, CEO of Visible, she, she talked about what well, doesn't have to be just in tech. We can just get more women in marketing, more women in sales and finance. Let's, let's get more uh, uh, minorities involved in all over our industry. Um, so What's your experience, I guess, as a, as a leader um, in the industry? And, and what can we do uh, if perhaps there's a takeaway here for, for those folks listening that you, people like you in leadership can do, of course, but also, you know, for those of us that are maybe managers or just practitioners in the industry, what can everyone do perhaps to make sure that we give more people an opportunity to, to make an impact in the industry?
1: Well, thank you, Alejandra. Thank you for, for the kind words. And uh, you're right. I think um, what is wonderful to see is that we, uh, you know, we are putting uh, as an industry more of a focus on this issue because it, you know, let's just say it's an area of opportunity. I mean, for me, this is an area of personal passion, uh, as you might expect. Uh, you know, I grew up uh South Asian kid from Kentucky. So I know what it feels like to be the other in a lot of instances. And I just hope, you know, the work that we're doing makes the hurdles a little smaller for those who are coming behind us. And I think we are making strides, but we have, we have more to do. Um, so, I think the first thing is uh, that I think is wonderful is that we're actually talking about it. You know, we're uh, on you know, in forums like this one, which uh, I think are are so critical. You know, being able to acknowledge the bias and systemic racism that does exist and how that does play a role everywhere, including our industry, is not immune to that. Uh, I think is is absolutely the first step. Uh, I think we're setting bolder goals, um, you know, both within our companies, but also in how we interact with our communities, whether that's about, uh, you know, our suppliers that we use, you know, the, the community activities that we support and enable. I think all of that is a key, you know, to the, the, the responsibility that we have uh, in the role that we're in uh, as, as uh, providers. I think um, we're all also uh, driving significant actions uh, in our companies, and uh, I think it has to be about action. It just can't be about talking and admiring the problem anymore. Uh, I think the cable industry has done a lot of very important things together uh, with our uh, our organ- industry organizations, uh, Women in Cable and Telecom, and uh, and NAMIC as well, uh, which are two really important Organizations that focus the conversation in this area, but also, you know, within Cox, I'm really, uh, really proud of our uh, our inclusion and equity agenda, uh, which includes evolving hiring practices and expanding mentorship and sponsorship programs, uh, elevating our our employee resource groups and affinity communities, amongst many other practices. So. I think we're also creating a new level of accountability by measuring these things and being super transparent about representation uh, and where we're falling short uh, to make sure that we're um, really thinking about these things in the talent and business decisions that we make. Um, And and I'm really, I'm hopeful for, for real change here. I think there's a lot of, uh, policy decisions that uh, you know leaders can really think about and thinking about it as as core to the business as uh, you know the other things we've talked about here innovation etc I think that it's it's putting it on that same uh, level uh, and really talking about it as a business topic and not just you know something that we talk about only once a year kind of when we're we're you know giving a uh, homage to, to kind of diversity as a, as a, as a principle. I think, you know, there are things that each of us can be doing every day to help play a role in solving, solving this issue, solving this and create, and this really more than an issue an opportunity, because, you know, I firmly believe there's no monopoly on talent and genius. And so if you're not represented by everyone, you're actually limiting, uh, that the amount of creativity and intelligence that you are harnessing as a company. So it's, it's to your, to your benefit to do it. And, um, you know, the, the thing that comes to mind for me is just in the past year, you know, here in the United States, we've had a lot of, a lot of violence against Asian American um, people just uh, through misinformation and, you know, a really challenging, environment in terms of civility uh, and respect. And, uh, you know, I think th- there, there was always a scenario uh, where, um, you know, a company might sort of stay apart from that. But what I'm really proud of at Cox is that we took the opportunity in this moment to have real conversation with our Asian American colleagues and actually share experiences. So we set up these active listening sessions where, uh, you know, Asian American colleagues could come and share kind of their, their sadness, their anger, their fear, uh, you know, for their families, for their elderly uh, uh, relatives and, and for all of of the rest of, of the Cox community to come and, and listen and learn Uh, and become aware of things that potentially they had never heard about before. And really starting that kind of dialogue and recognizing that actually we talk about these things as institutional things, but actually they're deeply human experiences of respect, of, of feeling valued, a feeling a feeling seen. Uh and, and creating those opportun each of us can create the opportunity for sharing of experiences wherever we are, at whatever level we are. Uh, and I think that's a really powerful tool that we all have uh, to make sure that we're making we're making sure that all voices are heard.
0: Yeah, that that's amazing. I think something that I like to think about a lot is if someone if you're in a room and everyone looks and sounds like you it, it you're probably not getting the full picture you know you need to make sure that all voices are are represented and and we spend most of our time at work so you need to feel safe and validated and and uh, encouraged and empowered um so it's it's great to hear that that's a part of of uh, you know that uh, corporate dna and and it needs to be uh, it needs to be a, a core part of discussion points, not just a yearly touch point on this is how we're doing on the gender pay gap, or, you know, this is how many women we have on executive positions, uh, or whatever it might be, it needs to be an ongoing um, discussion. Uh, that's, that's my experience anyway. And, and I, I love hearing folks uh, in leadership positions such as yours, making such a big part of their mission and, and their, um, their role uh, to make sure that uh, those voices are represented. So I hope we're on the up and, and that, you know, we'll, we'll continue to make big strides. Um, and, and I feel optimistic about it. But, you know, hopefully, we'll, hopefully you, you feel the same and, and we can continue to, to head in the right direction. Right. Well, Sujata, thank you so much for for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure hearing uh, your views on on the industry, on uh, the technology, and and uh, society as a whole. And, and that sense of purpose, I think, I'm going to take that away with me. Uh, in terms of you know anything that we put together here, fears what impact are we having? I think that's a great way to look at it, and allowing failure and so many other important points. I'm going to have to listen to this several times to get through it, but. Thank you so much for your time, and uh, we hope that uh, you'll join us again soon to give us an update on all these really exciting uh, adventures you've got going on.
1: Absolutely. We'll be delighted to. Thank you for the time, Alejandro.
0: All right. Well, to you listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. As always, it's been a pleasure to bring another of our leading voices to you. And as always, we'll be back next week with more insights from the telecom industry. Take care and bye